Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Jen. Um, looking forward to sharing a few thoughts with you this morning about Proverbs. Um, and yeah, just starting off, I think, with that Bible project uh, framework is an important way for me to set up today's discussion. Um, there's some thoughts in there that I want to unpack a little bit um, because I probably need to be a little bit transparent around the fact that I actually think that Proverbs as a book, in my opinion, is a hard book to read and to understand. It's not necessarily that the words and phrases within Proverbs are, you know, difficult, but the application and the skill um, is the problem, is the problem, prom- problem, what, what's the word I'm trying to, problematic, thank you, um, part of, you know, working out, and I think, you know, today the invitation to you is, you one of the challenges I think with the book of Proverbs, or I think that there's been a shift in my understanding of Proverbs, is that it's not a rule book. It's an invitation for us to have our minds um, awakened and expanded to the framework of how wisdom works in our worlds. And to be honest with you, I've kind of found this book a little bit challenging because what's today's birth? What's, what's today's Bible verse we were talking about this morning and having a bit of a laugh? better to live in the desert than with a quarrelsome wife. You know, my, yeah, my, my logical brain, right, this is just to give you an insight into how my brain kind of thinks, my brain's like, you know what, Solomon wrote this book, right, so he's like the wise guy that put all the, a lot of these sayings, not all of them, there would be historians that would say that Solomon didn't write all of it, but again, I'm not a theologian historian but I do know that Solomon right has written quite a few of these and I would imagine this is one of the ones he's written but I'm like hey brother you know don't go marrying 500 wives and having 700 concubines it's not that difficult like if you want an easier life then have a little bit of self-control or think about what you're doing And of course, that's how my logical brain thinks. But we know that with the book of Proverbs, there's a lot more to it than just a black and white reading of something like that. That we need to today kind of explore a little bit more about, God, what are you you teaching us through this book? And how do we apply the principles within this book in a way that enables us to walk with wisdom? But when we talk about wisdom, it's not just individual wisdom. It's not just for me. Actually, wisdom is actually something that we work together. It's something that within community, we cultivate wisdom. We cultivate understanding. We cultivate awareness. So the book of Proverbs is not merely a collection of saying. It's a narrative woven into the larger story that fills the world with wisdom. And we know, because we read about that last 
um, week, or Dave kind of touched on it with one of the nuggets that he shared, that, you know, it was at the beginning of the world, it says in Proverbs 8, that we were woven into, wisdom was woven in at the beginning of the world. And we have to remember as well that the purpose of wisdom, if we read in Proverbs 8, 34 and 35, if you have your Bibles with you and you want to read along, it says this, and this is in the same um, scripture of wisdom in the fact that it's connected to creation. Happy is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favour from the Lord. But as we've just seen within the video that we've watched, the Hebrew of, or the Hebrew interpretation, Hokmah, is a lot more broad than our English terminology with wisdom being simply about acquired knowledge. It is actually the art and the skill being put into practice. But if we go to Proverbs 1, so follow with me to Proverbs 1, we need to get an explanation or an understanding around, okay, what's the book of Proverbs for? What's its purpose? And it's very clear in the prologue. So I'm going to read it, but if you want to follow along, Proverbs 1, 1 through to 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For learning about wisdom and instruction. For understanding words of insight. For gaining instruction in wise dealing, righteousness, justice and equity. To teach shrewdness to the simple, knowledge and prudence to the young. Let the wise also hear and gain in learning, and the discerning acquire skill. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, wisdom understands the pattern of the way things work. Wisdom is more than just believing if something is right or wrong, false or true. Although there is reference that within the book of Proverbs it's very direct. But how do we discern and determine the difference when there's hundreds and different Proverbs? And one of the things I loved about what Dave said last week was actually the book of Proverbs presents us with possibilities and prospects. I also believe that the book of Proverbs brings promise, or at least it has in my life. So I want to think about within the number of different Proverbs within this book, how do we discern? How do we apply the skill of knowing when to apply what where? And so I'm going to 
um, take us through a few passages of Scripture from Proverbs. And we're going to engage in the text in just small groups or the person next to you. And I have a couple of questions that I want you to think about in regard to a number of different Proverbs and how they play out in the context of life. And the first one, thanks, Rocky, we're going to put up is from the proverb of 14.4 and it says this. Where there is no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvest. I have two questions for you to think about just in small groups and I want you to think about what do you think this scripture means? What knowledge and wisdom is gained from this scripture? And do you think this is a moral issue? So I'll give you a couple of minutes just to engage together in that conversation. Yeah, go, Maz. So I've come across this proverb before in some of my uh, journey with dealing with um, a program I'm involved in, and we sum it up as... No shit, no life. So you've got to shovel some oxen crap in your life for things to happen. But there's wisdom in that. So for those of you who are offended about that, please just see over that. We're just getting to the word of wisdom, not the word itself. So if you're... If there's no oxen, it's true, right? There's no labour. You don't have to. You don't have to feed it. You don't have to pick up after it. You don't have to. There's some truth in that, right? The mess is laboursome. The toil is laboursome. Any other thoughts in regard to this particular scripture? So we uh, we thought that um, the the message from that proverb was that God is our provider because God is the oxen. Uh, if you don't have uh, God, then the manger is empty. You don't get uh, food. But with God comes provision, abundant harvests. Yep. Great insight. You can tell from this practice of how we are into uh, interacting with this scripture that the wisdom actually comes from the collective understanding and knowledge and insight. And that's the beauty, I think, of these scriptures. The challenge is there's hundreds of them. (laughs) But I think that from my perspective, there are certain proverbs that are very direct And the direct ones are the ones that are completely aligned to the justice of God. Don't be selfish. Be generous. Care for the poor. They're the ones that are quite directive in the Proverbs that give an instruction of how we need to live. In my opinion, this scripture itself is not about being a good or bad person. It's a life skill. 
toiling, getting messy, depending on the truth of who God is and his provision, using our talents and strengths is a life skill. And I believe Proverbs is a way of persuading us or helping us to have insight into living a way that pleases God and gains, as we gain wisdom and as we walk in wisdom. And this life skill is a transformational skill that is not just a tick box, okay? I'm going to be obedient with that one this week. It's a learnt skill of transformation that happens over our whole lives. Just this week, I kind of reverted back to the fool part. <laughs> you can be wise or foolish. And I was in a meeting this week and I was frustrated and I said something that was really dumb. Surprise, surprise, eh? Um, but, it's, you know, this sense of just understanding, I went back to this and whilst I believe that what I said had truth in it, the unwise part of that was how I delivered that and where I delivered that and the impact that that comment potentially had on this person in how they viewed someone else. But the first step in our process of understanding this is really thinking about, okay, what are these proverbs trying to say? What kind of proverb is it? And how do I understand it? What's the framework for understanding it? And I love the centre of contemplation and action have this framework that I think for me has been really helpful. So when I look at scripture, I look at my experience. So if I look at the scripture I grew up with when I did my 12-step discipleship program when I was saved when I was 16, I didn't grow up in a church, so I was discipled by this beautiful lady called Eve Viewers, and we were like this rote memory was deeply ingrained in my soul, trusting the Lord with all your heart, not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledging, and he will make straight your paths. That scripture is foundational. It's like an anchor, a proverb, an anchor that has stead me for so many years. And if I was going to sit down with you, I could share experience after experience after experience where I could give testimony to the truth of that scripture and how that has provided me wisdom when I wanted to respond with anxiety or I wanted to respond in a place of fear. The second part is the scripture itself. So there's the experience, the scripture. And then there's the content or the tradition. So there's parts of scripture, sadly, in Christendom or in church history that has been taken quite literally, like don't spare the rod, don't spare the rod on, I can't think of the name of it, don't, what is it? Don't spare the rod to spoil the child. Now I know that that's a principle, but when it's taken as a, in its, um, literal sense. Wisdom 
is about thinking, it's about learning, it's about exploring, it's about moving our minds beyond the black and white of, um, of, of yeah, the black and white of good, bad. It provides a way for us to see the grey. And there's a lot of grey. There's a lot of things, you know. One of my spiritual directors said, Jen, you will know instinctively that right, wrong answers are pretty easy, right? I know that as a Christian, part of my calling is to serve the poor. Right, wrong. The harder ones are the right, right answers. What if there's two pathways that are opened up? They're not right or wrong, they're just right, right. How do we discern in those moments? I want to give you another one, just, um, and this is interesting that, um, you know, going back to the first chapter where it talks about riddles. So in Proverbs 1, um, 6, to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. There's a number of riddles that are written in the second half of Proverbs that present us with riddles. Why do you think that is? What are your thoughts? Why are they riddles and not just directions? Why are they riddles and not just like, do this? What do you think, what do you think the purpose of that is, to have a riddle? To get you thinking, right? I'm going to give you one. Here's one. It's not really, well, this is actually something that needs discerning, and I want to, I'll use a real-life practice, but here's a pair of Proverbs that offer, offer different advice. Proverbs 26, 4, and 5, if you want to have a look at it. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be just like him. Five, answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. What do you do? Have a think and have a bit of a talk about it. All right, any thoughts? Okay, so I think one of the challenges about scriptures like this as a modern reader of the Bible is that we read this very programmatically. Um, I think in context, this is really going for the laugh. The idea in context of Proverbs is we're juxtaposing wisdom and folly. And if you read this verse in context, it's kind of saying you can't really win with a fool. <laughs> Here's two contradicting uh, instructions. Each of them, you can't really follow them both at the same time. And in context, if we're thinking about Proverbs valuing wisdom over a life of folly, this is what folly looks like. It's not great, and it's not fun for people who are thinking through how to react to this in community. Yeah. Thank you. One of the thoughts I had, and I was thinking about this um, in my own life, um, or maybe one of the ways I've applied this, and I'm not sure if it is, you can tell me at the end, um, whether this is kind of aligned to what you just said, but one of the ways I maybe applied this indirectly without kind of studying this scripture, but just naturally. Recently, I had a situation where I was in, I was 
um, with someone that was similar to my age and their child was going through a very confusing time around their gender, around their identity, around um, some shifts and some challenges that were happening for their child. And I explained to them that I had written about 10 years ago as part of my Christian study on ethics when I was at Bible college. I had written a paper on gender dysphoria and would it be helpful if I sent it to them? So I sent the paper to them um, and the paper itself was really looking at the story of the eunuch in the, in the New Testament. It looked at um, some of the scientific or biological research that I did to back up some of the thoughts I had in that paper and then looked at it through um, the eyes of my own experience. And so I'd sent this paper and a little while, a little while, maybe two or three weeks later, I got a call from someone that said, can I talk to you about your views on the LGBTQ community? And I was hesitant, I have to be honest to tell you, to start off with, and I emailed back and I said to them, I'm happy to engage in this conversation with you as long as you are not coming to argue with me, to judge me, or to have an agenda. I am not interested in your back, back your, your agenda if that's if that's the posture you come in. I am, however, willing to engage in this conversation with you, give you more context about the paper I wrote 10 years ago, share a little bit of my experience and have a conversation with you about some of the challenges I'm dealing with around becoming inclusive and loving within a Christian community and pastoring that. Cut a long story short, we ended up meeting for about two hours. We had very different opposing views. We had very different understanding scripturally, theology. Um, but we were aligned on the key areas and the key things within some of the topics that we chose to discuss. And in my opinion, I think part of our posture is, and what I'm becoming more aware of as I get older, is that there's always more thing, things to think about, more complexity than we realise, more connections that we can't see. And these proverbs provide a vantage point that are going to help you and I understand things more. And I believe that the church needs to get better at having crucial conversations around some of these key areas because part of our wisdom is our ability to learn. The other part of wisdom, from my perspective as well, is setting boundaries. As I've got older, I've learnt to set boundaries 
around what I would say, um, not having to give an answer on everything, particularly if I don't feel safe within that environment to do it. In my opinion, that's wisdom. I'll go the hard conversations. I'm okay with differences of opinion. But if your opinion is going to challenge the foundational of my call to love other people well, I'm probably not interested. And I, I think part of that comes from the fact that my opinion is not my identity. Christ is my identity. The church is not my identity. Christ is my identity. And I also know the older I get that life is complex, that there's a lot of grey area. And Proverbs invites us in that messy and difficult place to determine, to discern and to discuss how do we love people well? Because at the core of wisdom and at the core of Proverbs is about learning to love well. Let me pray. God, I just want to thank you so much for your love and I thank you, Lord God, for this amazing book. And I thank you, Lord, for the journey that I have been on in regard to this book. And Lord, I'm so humbled by the practice of um, these skills. And Lord, I pray for all of us that you would help us, Lord, to apply these skills and to have greater discerning and understanding, Lord, about how to apply these skills so that we learn to love and to act justly, Lord, in a way, Father, that builds wisdom, that moves towards wisdom, Lord God, that moves towards bringing heaven on earth. And so, Lord, I pray this year, as we talk together, as we love one another, Lord, I pray that you would give us a measure of grace when we have differences of opinion. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to have discernment when it comes to how we engage with one another. But above all, Lord, I pray that you would teach us to love each other well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.